What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson, joining me again, the host Spotlight. Dear friend of mine. What is up? Mark Francis. Welcome back. It feels like I haven't been here in a long time. Yeah, you know, he's trying a few few other new people out just for the fun of it. I missed it. I missed it. it's good. You missed... Did you listen? Oh, big time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's been awesome. We didn't trash talk you too much. Welcome back. It's good. He's the one we normally trash talk when uh, he's not here. I'm referring to none other than senior pastor, Mark Carey. Mark, Merry Christmas. What do you mean I'm not here? When you aren't here, we trash talk you. Oh, okay. When you're here, we do it really subtly, when so you're you here, don't realize you're not here. it. Yeah, with right. the secret messages that um, we see if he catches it. But did, did you hear <laughs> yeah. what I said? I said Merry Christmas. Uh, yep. And Am I too. the first to wish you a Merry Christmas yes. this Christmas season? So far, I wanted to catch Probably. everybody early. Probably. Uh, yes. yes. Merry Christmas, no, Mark. You were not the first. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, it's the real estate. I mean, life. there were a lot of people. Merry okay. Christmas over there. A lot of people in front of the star were wishing everybody yeah. Merry Christmas. Oh, that's a good point. All the star. So why don't we just talk about it? Yeah. You know what I mean? So recap that. They uh, posted. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. They posted them though, but it was. So I heard, mm-hmm. and this is through an accountant, an official bean counter they're auditor. Good. They're good with numbers. That it was identical car count each night. 835. Oh, wow. Identical. And he says, I am not fudging it. And, you know, sometimes if you do head Did counts, we have somebody no, counting car cars? Counts. Just mm-hmm. like yeah. car, car, car? Oh, car wow. count yeah. and head count. Yeah. So that, okay. Okay. that's amazing, guys. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of cars that filtered through there. Yeah. And that's really cool. Well done. The number of people, you know, over 5,000 yeah. people. Uh, yeah. I didn't get a full number in that. 5,662. Yeah. There you go. There you go, Mark. Wow. That's he awesome. Knows. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I, was able to go through myself. I brought mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my teenager and some of his friends, and we were able to to go. They loved mocking the Roman soldiers, um, <laughs> and they love mocking you back. So absolutely. You absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was part of it. Yeah. And they tried to go back a second time to get cookies. I said, "No, we got to shut it down." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But no, seriously, thank you to everybody. And I know Mark, you probably say it even better than I can. But thank you to all the many people who volunteered, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. served gave their time before and during and after the setup, the cleanup. I mean, you name it. It's a huge, big deal. Yeah. And I know they don't want to be pointed out, but, you know, Scott and Karen Santmeyer and Tim and Angela May and Jim and uh, Pallotta, Falabella. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. you talk about real uh, servants for the church mm-hmm. that that uh, make these things happen. And they're there are hundreds of people in the teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's more than just the volunteers and the stories of the people who served. It's about the people who went through the lines and, and who were exposed to the gospel. In, yeah. And that's what it's all about. And we're already seeing stories come through. If you have stories, please submit them mm-hmm. to us here in the podcast channel, the church, the email. Just find a way to get us the story of impact that was made to the community through putting on Follow the Star. Because... Mm-hmm. That's that's encouraging. We want to continue to share the gospel through the follow up of what happened yeah. after Follow the Star. Yeah, mm-hmm. follow the car, man. Crazy, we've been here two years in a row already doing that. Did you say follow the car? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let's jump into a Sunday in review, talking about God's glory uh, coming. Mark Francis, I'll come your way first, and we'll uh, bounce this thing back and forth. Man, I know Mark. We typically ask you, you know, what did you leave on the cutting room floor? And this is the kind of sermon that, mm-hmm. man, you can go so many different directions of speaking to God's glory. Mm-hmm. So we can go a lot of directions as we talk about it now. I'm a fan because it just puts a little bit of flesh on this ambiguous, ethereal God. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, and the when it all comes down to John 1.14, you know, who put on flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory. 
And, and that really is impactful to know, okay, this glory of God that sat with the Israelites, that was coming and going, that was this fire you know, imagery that it, it can be fearful at times, mm-hmm. that we have seen God's glory through Christ and now displaying, and again, we can unpack even more, but just the glory of God and how it calls you to worship, that's, that's kind of my heartbeat. And, and seeing and, and unpacking the stories of Moses, and you go through other people in the course of biblical stories of how they reacted to impacting and seeing God's glory, <laughs> falling on their face, coming to a point of worship, and recognizing that, yes, this is the one true God. I, I love that. You know, so there's an, there's an aspect of me that gets excited, and we can talk about God's glory all day long. Yeah. Hmm. yeah the amazing thing is God could have in all sorts of different ways, creatively, veiled his glory. Mm. I mean, if his plan was to somehow, you know, come into our world and um, and reveal himself to us, mm. um, I mean, wouldn't it have been more impactful to have a, a, a bright, shining... <laughs> Grand uh, entrance. Grand entrance where... Make yourself obvious. Yeah. yeah, everybody who looked at it would be blinded by the sheer... Or you would, would, would like Moses, drop to their face, like, uh, as you've mentioned, story after story in the Old Testament. Hmm. But it, it's like God went to the greatest of lengths to veil, mm. as Charles Wesley wrote in Hark the Herald Angels Sing, mm-hmm. veiled in, in flesh, flesh the Godhead see, yeah. hail the incarnate, the incarnate deity. So he went to incredible lengths of creativity to veil that so that Jesus walked about this mm-hmm. earth and people despised him or they they mocked him and of course uh, the crucifixion they here here was the glory of God residing in human form in the flesh mm-hmm. and um um, Even it, with that, the way he spoke in parables too, I've been diving into that more on just like, man, why does he have to use parables all the time? Why couldn't have just been bam right there, right? But even he, he, he scriptures devoted to that, ears to let them hear and really process and meditate on what he is saying to mm-hmm. get to the core of the matter. Mm-hmm. And so often, whatever initial question or topic was brought up to Jesus, he goes so much deeper, and there, it's meditating on God's word. Jesus demanded it, mm-hmm. so it was just cool to see. And and it really, again, our human brains can't fathom the mm-hmm. idea of the incarnation of fully God and fully man mm-hmm. and how how he was able to have this kind of veiled glory essentially by being mm-hmm. human mm-hmm. but looking back to the Old Testament passages that Mark that you went through to really build towards the incarnation I found important and fascinating all at the same time knowing that we need to understand what is the definition of God's glory mm-hmm. the weightiness the sum of all of his attributes and then how he revealed his glory to his chosen people, and to especially Moses. Mm-hmm. And you know, we as a community group like to talk about what we did before this episode airs, and we, we were able to dive into a little bit deeper those passages than maybe you went because there's so much depth there. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of one of my questions: is what what in the Old Testament of God's glory? You know, where in Moses's stories did you really not get to? Was there other things that stood out? that we needed to really understand as a church to build in this idea of the definition of God's glory? Well, it, it, it is inst- uh, instructive to take a concordance 
and look up the word glory or um, as it as as it is it's applied to Jehovah Yahweh, um, and there's a whole lot there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's there there's a lot there. You know, I'm thinking of um, the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel. Mm. Uh, you talk about a display of God's glory. I mean, the the uh, um, prophets of Baal are just gone. You know, they're ashen. Um, there there is this this idea that um, and I brought this out a little bit, but humanity cannot stand in the presence of God's glory when it's fully revealed. So mm. anytime God's glory is revealed, it's it's a bit veiled. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. God told Moses, Moses said, I want to see your glory. And God said, you know, yeah. I don't know what the behind the scene was, but it was almost a chuckle from heaven, like you got to be kidding. <laughs> no one sees God's glory and lives. Yeah. I mean, you just can't live through a full display of God's glory. So all throughout the Old Testament, it, it's veiled. And yet, even in those scenes, uh, the, the the pillar of fire, uh, the cloud by day, the fire by night that led the children of Israel, it was the glory of God. Um, the mountain shaking at the giving of the Ten Commandments, the consuming fire, as a cloud rested upon the mountain. Um, there is an overwhelming sense of the holy. And and no man throughout the scripture, nobody has ever fully witnessed it. Again, you get these little pictures. Right. There's a story in Luke chapter five of, uh, and I love the scene in the in the show, the chosen of the, the the Jesus tells Peter to go out, cast your net on the other side, you know, and for a catch of fish. And uh, the fish are so bountiful, and and they, you know, Peter immediately drops to his knees and he says, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, mm. O Lord. Mm. Before he said, but rabbi, teacher, we've fished all night and we haven't caught anything, but at your bidding, I'll let down my nets for a catch. And then it was, depart from me, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. His mind changed, he saw the glory of God. And it, and it, and it's, it, it, it literally um, puts a person in panic mode. Mm. Uh, I, you, you, you're, you're drawn to it almost like a bug to light, but you know that if you draw too close, you're going to get zapped. Mm. And it's depart from me. So there is this sense of fear. Yeah. Uh, Peter talks about it in First Peter 1, uh, I think, verse 13, 14, 15, 16 in there, where he says, um, um, you know, God is holy, and he requires us to be holy. And then mm-hmm. he says, and if we um, uh, call... God, our Father, the one who's God, our Father, um, conduct yourselves in fear hmm. during your stay here on Earth, and and I do think there is that there there is some I don't understand it I have don't I haven't achieved it certainly but there's a balance between this endearing love for our Father our Abba Father and. And then you come face to face with his glory, and it, and it, it's almost it's more than what we can handle if we give it. So there's this we don't see it these days. Balance. So we have we have this probably unbalanced view of God where we don't see the glory. We yeah. we don't see the mountain shaking right now. Right. We don't see the fire and the pillar of smoke. Yeah. We, we're not experiencing that, and so we might need a little bit better of yeah. a healthier view of God. I remember a story that my mom shared when I was just a little kid. A missionary story of a guy somewhere in dark recesses of who knows where, 
and he was being mocked. The missionary was being mocked by a, a person who was a skeptic and not. Hmm. And show me this God of yours. Show me this God, and I'll believe him. And the missionary said, "Take a look up at the sun. Stare at that sun for you know, hmm. uh, uh, sixty seconds, a minute." And the guy said, "Well, I can't do that. It'll blind me." Uh, you cannot stare at something that our Creator made, and you want to look at the Creator Himself. Mm. I mean, you know. That's so, so there are yeah. these. Uh, the Psalm nineteen, the earth is the world uh, is declaring the glory of God, mm. and so we look around. I had a conversation, uh, probably during Follow the Star, and one of the one of the little conversations we had uh, visiting with people, and uh, they were talking about. Um, something that they had read about creation that uh oh i know who it was it was jose jose rodriguez and and, and he <laughs> was talk- classic jose man i, oh, love, I love that guy brilliant jose. guy brilliant guy and he was talking about something about cre- i mean he was way over my head <laughs> but it was just it the awesomeness of a little part of creation mm. that so we look at that god does we we see a little bit of that glory but if we saw much more of it, we would be yeah. consumed. Uh, and, and what heaven's going to be like, I don't understand that. But Well, and that's where, you know, analogies that you didn't pull out, you know, Isaiah in a vision had to fall down and say, I'm unclean. John six. in a vision yeah. as well for Revelation yeah. has the same response. Yep. The one that you did read, though, of Second Chronicles, I found fascinating. It was kind of a light bulb moment for me of how Solomon was finished praying and fire came down from heaven. I'll skip ahead, and all the sons of Israel, seeing the fire and the glory of the Lord upon their house, bowed down the pavement. I mean, they hit the ground they hard. Hit the ground. But what did they say? They worshipped and gave praise to the Lord, saying, "Truly, He is good. And loving Truly, God. His loving kindness yep. is everlasting." That is not expected for me yep. when I am falling on my face. Uh, it's that fear and trembling that we're talking right. about. But that is fascinating. That's how God re- that somehow they saw the glory of God. Yep. And they had that dichotomy that you're talking yeah. about of the fear, and they recognize his goodness. As Moses, mm-hmm. and that Moses, uh, when he says, show me your glory in Exodus 33, 18, you know, God says, I'll put you in the backside of the, the, the rock, the cleft of the rock, I'll pass by. And as he passes by, as the glory of God is passing by, what is being announced? Right. The Lord, the God who's compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. That's how God God reveals. is saying that about himself. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and here the nation of Israel, may, maybe they heard that as well, but that was their response, this loving, kind God, yeah. this good God. So you've the, got this tension yeah. between the the, the sheer uh, uh, frightening uh, horror of of the presence of the holy. Uh, Caleb's going to be preaching here in uh, in February, that passage in Mark chapter 4. What? That's an announcement. Oh, yeah. Well, wow. Maybe I should have said it. Okay. No, that's good. Yeah. I, did, I wasn't going to say it, but. And, and it's that story of the, the disciples in the boat and mm-hmm. the storm, and Jesus calms the storm. And it says, and they were very much afraid. Well, they, they weren't. The person in the boat who'd been sleeping five minutes before was no, was no mere mortal. Mm. And so anytime we encounter the living God, I, yeah, I think there's always going to be this tension between. This compassionate, loving, and and we're mm-hmm. drawn to him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I be lifted up, Jesus, I'll draw people to myself. It's the the old uh, uh, lion, the witch, in the wardrobe. Is is Aslan uh, safe or good? Or, or, uh, or, or is he is, is he? He's a lion. Is he safe? Mm-hmm. No. Who said anything about being safe? 
but he's good. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's the king, I tell you. Yeah. Well, and that, that spiritual tension is real, but I think when we have a poor understanding of one or the other, it's where we see that problem manifest in the local church. Either, mm. Mm. but I'm, I'm rooted in Christ. So, so me and God are good, regardless of what I do or how I think, or, or, and then there can be a lack of reverence. Right. Or we, we don't graduate into the freedom in Christ, so we can say things like abounding in love. Right. Yeah. And, oh, God's a bully. That's but there right. is a tension. That's so, exactly right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, that, that is really true. And that's where systematic teaching of the scriptures has to come mm-hmm. in, and we deci- have to disciple people. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 1 to the Ephesian church, it was that they might know you know, the, who, who God is mm-hmm. and, and enter into a epignosis, a, a full knowledge of who God is. But he talks about the power, but also the, the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, John chapter one passage, uh, mm-hmm. Jesus was uh, um, uh, the 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 glory of God, and he was full of grace and truth. Yeah, both both. There's this yeah. this balance. Um, yeah. So there there's yeah there's a lot that could be said. Uh, I did want to bring out too that, and I didn't in the sermon, but. Um, that Ezekiel passage, as the glory is departing, mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah. really do think it's one of the saddest yeah. series of, of passages. It just God's glory is departing, mm. and it it's very deliberate. You know, it goes up from the holy of holies to the threshold to the gate of the the holy place, and then to the gate of the city, and then it's gone. gone. In Ezekiel forty three, at the end of of Ezekiel, um, Ezekiel writes that in this vision, then he led me to the gate. The gate facing toward the east, the eastern gate. And behold, the glory of God of Israel was coming from the way of the east. And his voice was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. It was like the appearance of the vision which I saw, like the vision which I saw when he came to destroy the city. And the visions uh, were the visions which I saw at the river Kibar. And I fell on my face, and the glory of the Lord came into the house by way of the gate facing the east. And the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court Behold, the glory of the Lord fill the house. So here at the end of Ezekiel mm-hmm. is this reminder that glory is it's going to return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I had quoted Habakkuk 2, uh, 14, that the whole earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord, mm-hmm. knowledge of the glory of the God, like the waters cover the sea. But Ezekiel records that and gives us a little glimpse that one day that glory is coming. That's good. And the king will come, and he'll come through the east gate of Jerusalem. If you've been to Jerusalem, that eastern yeah. gate, mm-hmm. it's all blocked off now. But one day the king is coming and the glory will be here and the whole world, Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, then every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Mm. that he is Lord. So out of our group last night was kind of a theological question, a throw out there, the the omnipresence of God and how he is everywhere at all times. So how do you kind of uh, reconcile this glory that comes and goes and that departed that he's still omnipresent at all times. And then even when Moses asked to see the glory of God and it passed by, it was almost personified. You know, you mm-hmm. have to hide my face, you look at my back. You know, he uses human form like words. Yeah. So where where is that concept of glory, of glory is everywhere versus glory can come and go and depart? Yeah. Uh, now I'm going to stump well, the why, 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 so. why don't you send email me that question a couple days before? <laughs> stump, stump the I mean, is there not a difference? Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, 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 we discussed that question yeah. and, you know, it's just... Let me try. Or oh, fire good. away. Good. Uh, 
is there not a difference between God's glory and God's presence? Omni, omnipresence doesn't necessarily demonstrate what God is choosing to reveal in that moment. I mean, even that, that Mark passage of suggesting that because Jesus is asleep, we have an inactive God, uh, which isn't, isn't the case. And so, I, really good question, obviously, but I feel uh, omnipresent. God is yep. all present. There, there's yep. nothing out of his realm of, of control, but God's glory is this demonstration that I think would differentiate. demonstration. Mm -hmm. Somebody in our group is a former chemistry teacher, and so he equated mm -hmm. it to matter, and I should probably look it up, of mass and matter, and like what, what is the definition of that, which is a very ambiguous kind of concept, and it almost puts mm -hmm. a little bit of flesh on the idea of what matter is. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a poor job. I'm sorry for if you're listening to me. But He's in real estate, everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not a theologian either. So, yeah. But yeah, so there's no, this good. idea of yeah. does, is the, glo the glory of God that's represented by fire, that's represented mm. by smoke, that's represented by almost human form that one day we will see his glory in, in his, all of his fullness that God has this ability of bringing it back mm -hmm. and forth. Now, we're, we're in a different age now, mm -hmm. right, post-Christ, yeah. which brings us to the Second Corinthians passage, which I love. But Yeah, I, the, the only thing I would add, too, is that uh, God in a sovereign plan can uh, pull back the veil to whatever degree he wants to, whenever he wants to, to whomever he wants to. Mm. And um, so, uh, yes, he's omnipresent, um, but um, he is also sovereign, and um, mm -hmm. he dictates or ordains to what level of of uh, revealing um, he will he will share. Mm -hmm. um, it says in the Psalms, you know that uh, uh, about. Um, the, the heart of the psalmist was, you know, show me, almost like Moses, show me your glory, incline your ear to me, mm. oh my God. Mm. Um, there, there is this desire in a true worshiper, a true worshiper will have a heart and a desire that says, Lord, show me your glory. And I think uh, God answers that prayer um, graciously and lovingly to the degree that we are pursuing him. Seek the Lord while mm. he may be found. Mm. Um, we are to pursue Good. him and ask him to reveal, incline your ear, your heart to me, O Lord. And I, and I do think um, God has purposely veiled his, himself and his power. This world is held in the grip of the evil one. And um, God is permitting that for this time. Uh, he has chosen, as we saw, 2 Corinthians 3, he's chosen the, his body, the church, to reveal um, to the degree that we know him. We can't impart what we don't possess. And the great challenge and the, and the great sorrow of the church today is that we do not, as A.W. Tozer said in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, we do not know God well enough. To the degree that we do grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord, to the degree that we know our God, we'll be able to reveal him. And that's what the world wants. But it's not going to be in, in the story of Elijah. It's not going to be in the loud, thunderous storm and the cloud. It's going to be in that still, small voice. It's going to be how we respond in, in the midst of trials. It's, it's going to be giving that cup of cold water 
to that thirsty person. Mm. It's got to be giving that crust of bread to the to the uh, starving person, uh, the 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 clothes to the one who is naked. And in this way, we we honor and we show the glory of God. And that's our application too, which is why I wanted to bring up the Second Corinthians three mm. passage again, because how. Mm -hmm impressive is this language to where we're just now talking about the glory of God and how it is this veiled, concealed nature. Otherwise, you know, we'll fall to our faces and get struck dead if we experience it. No one can see them and still live. Mm -hmm. But here we are as a mirror displaying an unveiled face. And that is that language of that we are unveiled to the world around us so we can display that glory of God and, and feed the hungry and, and help the the needy. And, and so there's this idea that we can't see God's glory through this veil, but here we are as a mirror, we're unveiled. Mm -hmm. And we have this opportunity through the Holy Spirit to display the glory of God in an unveiled way to the world around us. And he's using us in that capacity, yeah. which at that that is, that's eye-opening. And that language mm -hmm. that's being used there in 2 Corinthians to I think shock the readers to be like, yeah, remember Moses and his face? They had to veil his face because he saw God. Here we are, unveiled. That's us with Christ in us. That's and right. As That's a cool. And as the local body, all these unveiled faces, we're going to need to have a firm understanding of who God is and who he isn't when we jump into, which is the natural progression of application, the cost of discipleship mm -hmm. and what it means to know more about God because we are going to be experts on our problems, all of us, all the time. You, it's, it can be so easy for me to say, you don't know what I'm going through or this, yeah. that, or the other, and, and I'm I meditating on it. I want you to be an expert on my problem. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're right? right. Right. To the point where, let's sift through this thing biblically. Everything that's happening to me is biblical, so I need to put myself in, in that, and, and all of us come together, and so we can meditate on who God is so that He is bigger than whatever we're dealing with. Yeah, where is God in this, in this issue, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever, and mm -hmm. um, helping each other in the body of Christ? Um celebrate, but also live out that unveiled face uh, of glory. Mm. And Paul says in chapter 4, verse 7, so again, we have this treasure in earthen mm. vessels, so mm -hmm. that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. So it's all about, it, it, it's all about him. Uh, it, it's, um, it should never be about us. And we just keep pointing people, as we live it out, we're a walking um, mm -hmm. uh, a poster child for the what the greatness of God um, you know so it's the story in John 9 of the blind guy healed hey I, I don't know what happened but all I know is once I was blind but now I see he did it yeah mm. yeah you know why are you asking me he's you know he's the one that that that's standing here I mean talk to him so yeah that there is it's an incumbent upon us as followers of Christ to um, to live out our life, however long God gives us, uh, to reflect and radiate His glory to, mm. to to this world, that is God's plan. Not yes, does He still do it through the yeah. the revelation of creation, and and does He still do it in surprising ways? The stories I hear of you know in, mm. in certain Muslim countries of 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 of, of uh, revelations really of of God's presence, mm. and it and and people are coming to faith in Christ through those. Those mm. things, but mm. that should be us—the body of Christ, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. Yeah. Uh, radiate that glory out through and our bodies. We're not going to know the exact mechanism by which He works. If if we do, we're prone to expl exploit it. But <laughs> we we can know that He works, mm -hmm. and so we can experience Him. 
and 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 it's by faith. We, we you know we we want these formulas, we want all these answer sheets and answer keys. But at the end of the day, how well do you know the guy that yeah. that that wants to be a part of your life? So it's yeah, just another really example good. of the power that we have the potential to display. Mm-hmm. Again, good. as you do a study like this of unpacking the definition of God's glory and and how God's glory is revealed and how we then can display that glory. Mm-hmm. Again, we we sometimes forget. We, we lose sight of the glory of God, and then we lose sight of what he's given us and the blessings and how what we're called to be about. And so just a, just a sermon like this is a good reminder. Conversations like this is a good reminder yeah. mm-hmm. for us to remember who we are in Christ and what he's done for us and who he is yeah. as well, yeah. which, it, you know. You know, that's what I love about um, biographies and stories uh, of, of Christians and in, in under adverse circumstances, but stories mm-hmm. where where people were so confident in their Lord and so knew that, you know, the, the three fiery, the men in the fiery furnace, mm. uh, Shadrach, mm-hmm. Meshach, and Abednego, you know, but if we die, we die. But, you know, you know, there is this um, very palpable and powerful display in the lives of some of the most humble, broken and persecuted believers down through the centuries that display the power. I, I think of Martin Luther, mm. who, who stood in that court uh, being tried and about to lose his life. And he says, here I stand, I could do no other. And just the, the full confidence of, of he, knowing that he was a representative of truth mm. in this world. Uh, God is going to call us, I think, we're going, to, we're going to see more and more of that, even in our own day and age. We're sure. seeing it today, but mm-hmm. we, we, we have a wonderful privilege of uh, displaying and proclaiming the glory of God. Mm. And um, mm. as as he does that work in us, um, just maybe um, someone will come to faith in Christ. Yeah, it's a privilege. Mm. I it count is. it all joy. Count yeah. It all, yeah. So get ready. God's glory is coming. Mark, what can we... Uh... What can we talk about? Well, I mean, it's Christmas time. Here. Christmas is here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so uh, as a church, we, we're going to continue in this Advent season every single week. So look out for those continued sermons and the Advent season and, and where we are with Every Story Whispers' his name in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously Christmas Eve. So put in your calendars 11, 5, or 7. Um, and, and just go to the website for all the details about that. Um, this year, thankfully, there's no reservations needed. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you harken back to what we did last year, uh, just invite a friend. Come. It's going to be a great celebration of uh, the incarnation of God. And um, yeah. And uh, nurseries provided at the 11 and 5 o'clock. Hour. 11 and 5. Yep. Yeah. And we'll live stream 5 o'clock. Um, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. So just if needed, um, that'll be out there. But obviously, come in person. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. As a reminder to our listeners and viewers, you can find us all over the place. Just type in Sermon Spotlight. We pop right up. Podcast services everywhere. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless.